start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's up, everybody? Tom, why are you giving me the finger? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, it's episode 117, and no is the answer to your question. I'm not going out for St. Patrick's Day, Tom. He'll be out. I'm not going to be there. How are you supposed to? It wasn't St. Patrick the one that chased the snakes out of town? Uh, yeah, maybe. So how are you supposed to chase the snakes if you're not going out? I guess I don't have to chase snakes. I'll do it some other. I'll do it in July. Do you know why you wear green on St. Patrick's Day? Mm-mm. Do you? Mm-mm. Do you know, know why? No, not really. Oh, uh, <clears throat> well, what a letdown! I was really hoping for well, some knowledge. Well, I, I did see somebody said that you wear it, <laughs> you wear it so you don't get pinched by the leprechaun. So obviously, that's not a valid reason to wear green. Yeah, maybe it has something to do with the fact that it's a Irish holiday and their flag is green, white, and orange. So what maybe. about the white and the orange? You see a lot of white and orange on St. Patrick's Day. You do Day. see a lot of a lot of creamsicles. Yeah. Mostly green, though. Green and orange are probably the big two. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Very much true. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Yeah. Have a green beer and an Irish car bomb. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, along oh, with St. Patrick's Day, uh, St. Patrick's Day is in spring. And you guys know what else is in spring? Gobbler hunting. Spring, gobblers. Spring gobbler. So I think that's what we're going to get into tonight. Before we do... Tom. You have some housekeeping or something? Yeah. Uh, we have another shed on the board. Yeah. 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 The old piss shed. What, okay. Tell me the story how you found it because we, yeah, that's how we you, were that's, arguing about it before the podcast. What happened? This, yeah. That's why, why is it called the piss shed? Yeah. Because I was at work. And for those of you that you don't work know, in an office. Oh, yes. I have an office. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes this so great. <laughs> so I'm at my computer and I have to stand up. And go relieve myself. So go to the bathroom and I'm inside. Take, inside, okay. yeah. And I'm taking a piss. And there's a window that's eye level that looks like out to our yard. In so, front of the office. Yeah, so, <laughs> and there's our our yard where our building is. And there's a hedgerow. And then there's a trailer park. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there taking a piss, looking out the window towards that hedgerow. And I'm like, son of a bitch, that looks like a shed. So, but your eyes have deceived you many times. Many it looks times. like a shed. So. Yeah. So I get done going to the bathroom, go back into the office, talk to my boss, who's also my dad. I'm like, pretty sure there's a shed out Mind there. Mind if I take a quick 15 and go check this out? He's like, well, you better go find out what it is. So I scurry out the front door, walk out into the yard, and lo and behold, there's a buck shed. freaking shed there. there. Yeah. <laughs> So that uh, was number one on the board. So you guys that are, on the board. yeah, well, you put number all, one for me. You put all the miles on. That's worthless. Yeah, miles for piles. Get an office job, sit at a computer, you'll find them. Yep, look out the window and you're taking a leak. Mm-hmm. They're just they're everywhere. 
That's kind of like, you know, people say you know, you're not going to kill a deer sitting on a couch or you're not going to find sheds sitting in an office, but that's I a did. bunch of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone ever told you that? There's a liar. So. That's a uh, great name for it. Yeah, the, piss the old shed. shed. Are you going to do something special with it? No, Hank's been chewing on it. Oh. Yeah, yeah Hank, that's about all he, all the chew toys he's got right now are just antlers that, from this year. Nice. Tell you what, people really enjoy stepping on him because he leaves them all over the house. <laughs> That's the best. But, like, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> we'll bury the shed, you know, like under blankets or pillows or some, like, just hide it pretty much for him. Mm-hmm. And he just does his own little shed hunts throughout the house because <laughs> it doesn't matter where you put it, event- he's going to pop out with it. It's pretty funny. That's nice. Doesn't take him too long either. No. Nice. So, so no, meat and potatoes. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was going to say, let's get, get right into the spring. Now that we talked the piss shed, we'll, we'll talk some turkeys. All right, so Nick, he's probably the most decorated turkey hunter of us all, so I think we should let him lead us through this episode, and uh, oh, geez. We'll, we'll chime in with our two cents. Well, I'll be honest, um, turkey hunting is, it runs very close um, to my love for archery deer hunting. Something about spring, I think it's because I got my first like kill um, in, during spring turkey with my dad. And I think that's kind of what hooked me. I hunted for years deer, uh, like hunting, hunted deer for years before ever getting one. Um, but turkey, for whatever reason, uh, actually, I know what the reason is. It's I had really good callers helping me out in the beginning. Um, that does help. So my dad and my uh, grandfather both are very talented turkey callers. So sitting in their lap at 10 years old made turkey hunting very easy for my part. Mm-hmm. And being a young kid with you know not a ton of patience it, it helps made, to it made, have something to yeah, keep it, it your attention it helps to kill shit <laughs> so you, it makes the whole reason you're out there just that much easier mm-hmm. um so i really it helps get you hooked more yeah. than anything oh and that's what it did i'm like hooked on turkey hunting i love i live for turkey hunting there's just something about shooting turkeys in the face that just drives it's me great nuts. time um to the point where i don't even discriminate i've I've been there, done that when it comes to killing long beards, and I don't care about it. It feels the same it, as a Yeah, jake. it literally feels the same as say a Say it once, say it a hundred times. Yeah, I have been on record many times saying I don't discriminate. <laughs> I will shoot a jake. I just don't care. <laughs> um, what does old Rut Daniel say? A jake in the hands better than Tom in the bush? Yep, that's a fact. I Does he say that? It was a caption on one of his Instagram videos. Yeah, it must have been, because if he didn't, that was going to be our saying, but... No, that's where I got it from. Yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> so it's a great saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I should get that a, like a tattoo. That's not. Maybe you a bumper do sticker. It. Start off with yeah, a bumper sticker. No, you always <laughs> start with a tattoo. <laughs> start with permanent. Yeah, then work our way back. Yes. Um, but start at the end. We're approaching mid-March, or actually in mid-March here. Um, and we're I, post-mid-March. It, it, March is flying by. Oh, today's the 16th, son of a gun. Yeah, it's flying. Uh, so I usually wait until... For a PA in New York, anyway, I wait till early April to really, like, that first weekend in April to really start paying attention to um, turkeys, and it's kind of, usually that first weekend in April, Tom and I will kind of start surveying the properties we're planning to hunt. Um, for us, it's kind of inconsistent the past few years on if there's going to be birds where we've hunted in the past. Um, it seems to be coming up on the rise, but there's places Tom and I used to just slaughter turkeys that are just dead right now except for our honey hole yeah we have one honey hole but we're still going to survey it so oh, first yeah. weekend of april you got to go out any spots that you're thinking about hunting you need to figure out if there's turkeys there 
Um, and it's super simple. It's not nearly as hard as it is for like scouting for deer. All you got to do is either early morning or in the evening. I prefer early morning. Uh, that late evening bullshit. I yeah. piss on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, we've tried putting birds to bed for years, and I, it has never once helped me kill that turkey. At least for me, I'm well, not I mean, saying if it you're doing it in the early, like before the season, I've done it mid-season. Doesn't do shit. No, what I'm saying close. is you're not trying in the preseason. You're not trying to kill that turkey. You're not putting yeah. it to bed to set up on it. You're putting it to bed to say, okay, I know there are. Yeah, but I would argue that the turkeys are more vocal in the morning than when they fly. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, so Especially with gobbling, they'll they do quite I mean. a bit of like clucking and soft calling. Yeah, in the evenings. But you may not hear that from 300 yeah, yards exactly. away. That, yeah, exactly. That you'd have to be so, literally right in there with them to hear those little soft clucks, and you're mostly listening for wings going up in the trees. Yeah. So what Tom and I'll do is, you know, we'll go up to these areas on a weekend, Saturday or Sunday, and you just get out there early morning. We don't do any calling whatsoever. We don't want to pressure, and we don't want to be anywhere really even close to where we think the birds are going to be. You we'll don't want to start educating them before. Yeah, the not season. at all. So Tom and I will, um, we'll sit. 200 yards away easy and just sit quietly and just listen from the distance that's all we do um and gobblers are very good at letting you know if they're in the area because mm-hmm. they're gonna gobble um so that's basically that's our strategy early like preseason scouting um, well that and if where we're hunting has a field a lot of the times we'll sit on that field till nine o'clock ten o'clock in the morning and figure out where they come out yeah, it's a good point. What time they're coming out? Mm-hmm. And some of our properties, the turkey there are very patternable. They do the same thing, not day uh, after day, year after year. Mm-hmm. So we have this one property that we hunt where me and Nick doubled down two days in a row last year, um, where we know pretty much the turkeys are going to come out into the field about eight o'clock by this tree almost every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, we know where they're going instead, which that's you always have to play that game. But mm-hmm. even though we've seen them do this for, what, six years now? Yeah. It's still a good idea to go up there and just make sure. <laughs> just to double check. That's what they're still doing. Well, and who knows what the hatch was. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we still want to survey to make sure. Oh, that yeah, and is... it's good to get inventory on how many gobblers you have and yeah. what quality of gobblers. like. You said, like Nick said, he doesn't discriminate. If there's a gobbler, I haven't discriminated in the past, but I think I'm going to start. Um, so, I, like I said, once you get a few beards over nine, I, I at least for me, it felt exactly the same. Still a good time. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a sucker for doubling down. It doesn't have to be big at all. It's <laughs> that was my second and third double. I got I got one with my buddy Joe up at camp one time. Um, and there's something special about killing two turkeys at once with your buddy mm-hmm. or brother. Um, but, yeah, so that's I, I, that was a good point to bring up, Tommy, is like seeing staying long enough to figure out what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, on to what you said, you, it's good to go back and double check, especially like if something happens to your property, like you guys are about to log up there. So that could change a little bit how things, even though it's not oh, yeah. really like exactly. They might just come out in a different area. Yeah. yeah exactly. So if you have something like that happen on a piece of property that year after year after year, you've seen these turkeys do the same thing all the time, you cut a bunch of trees down, that might alter them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And turkeys, I don't know, they're so 
stupid yet they're so smart. Like they they're drive so me. stupid it makes it hard to hunt them. I think is what it is. <laughs> so like, well, they're good at one thing and that's survival. Yeah, yeah but, but they're so stupid. Like, like a tree could fall, and a turkey has every capability to either fly over that tree or walk around it. That's what I mean. They're but, so stupid it makes it difficult because something like. But for some reason you can't call them across it, mm-hmm. and if you know. A tree falls across their normal route up to the field. It's going to change. It could change because they, for whatever reason, don't want to just fly over the tree or walk around it. It could make them come out 30 yards down this way. Mm-hmm. So it's always good just to get a good, a good feel for them, see yeah. what they got going on. Uh, another big thing um, that seeing what they do in the morning silently before the season, it builds a lot of confidence and allows you not to call nearly as much. Uh, one thing yeah. over the years of turkey hunting, I'd noticed that my success has gone up with the less I call. And if you uh, talk to like anybody that's turkey hunted for a long time, they will tell you that there was a time when they were like, wow, I, I really over called a lot. And yeah, I'm at the point where I know I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom and I have both seen how much better you do with less calling. Mm-hmm. But doing those little things like sitting in the field 200 yards away just to see the exact tree that they come out on. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that that's the natural path that they're going to yeah, take. Yeah, you're not coaxing you them to, to that spot. We didn't call a single time all weekend and killed four turkeys in a, mm-hmm. in a weekend and never called. Like, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we've brought it up on here before, um, but the natural way um, turkeys engage, um, for, like during the turkey rut, if you will, um, the mating season. Yeah. The mating season. Uh, the, it's the turkey rut. <laughs> it's the turkey rut. Uh, <laughs> the hen is supposed to go to the gobbler. Yeah. In, in nature, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Not the way so, we do it. Yeah. So when you go out there calling a ton, you're trying to make the turkey do something unnatural. Mm-hmm. And that's why jakes are so much easier to call in because they don't know. yet. They, they don't know. That's how <laughs> it works yet. So, which I want to bounce off of that real quick. I think we brushed upon this in a earlier podcast, but calling on the roost. I used to do it. I used to love it. It's a great time. It's a great time because birds hammer back. <laughs> they <laughs> love talking when they're up in the tree. Yeah, you can make anything that it's sounds kind of, it's remotely like, like a hen, and they gobble really their head off. It's kind of like texting about what you're going to do. You know, with somebody, and then when you actually meet them in person, it doesn't actually. <laughs> it doesn't so like, quite pan out. In the, yeah, in the tree, they're, they're texting. Like, oh yeah, yeah I'll be right there. They're, they're texting in the tree, but when they hit the ground, it's like something came up. A little more vanilla. Yeah. Because yeah, what <laughs> happens is when a turkey starts, when a gobbler starts communicating with a hen on the roost, the natural thing is that gobbler stays in the roost until that hen flies down and comes under his tree. Then he pitches down and pairs with that hen. So all you're doing when you're calling to a gobbler on the roost is saying, you stay there. I'm, I'm coming to your tree. I'll be there in just a minute. And then you never show up. So then he flies down and doesn't say another word. And most of the time there's another hen that he'll go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a good way to piss off a hen calling in the roost. Uh, I've yeah. heard that before. Mm-hmm. I One time Tom and I called one time. Yeah, I did like two clucks and a yelp. And this hen went nonstop for 20 minutes before – like it, it was that's insane. really cool we were laughing like <laughs> they, she would not shut up i mean just cackling and yelping just pissed that's funny so yeah that basically what that whole rant was about there is don't call so much 
Don't call in the roost. I Tom and I don't call until we know that they're on the ground. Because they vocalize when they're in the tree. So yep. you don't have to make them vocalize. No, they'll do it naturally. And nine times out of ten, you're going to hear a fly-down cackle. Or mm-hmm. if you're close enough, you can hear the wings. Or so you, there's just such a sound difference because when they're up true. in a tree, yeah, gobbling at 300 different. yards, it sounds like they're right on top of you. And they yeah, fly down, and point. now they're at 300 yards but ground level. It sounds like they got 100 yards further away. Yeah, yeah. So sit tight, you know, if you did your homework from the, you know, earlier in the weeks, you know where they're supposed to be uh, at. And another thing Tom and I, that has got us in trouble with doing the whole night before putting them to bed kind of thing, you get too close. And that's our own fault, obviously, you know, you could back up. But Tom and I have had birds, we put them to bed the night before, climb in there super early and literally had the birds fly over our head and pitch down right behind us, like, mm-hmm. couldn't do anything about it. Now, those were Jake's, so Tom didn't even want to shoot him anyways. But the point was, we just got way too close. But, yeah. Um, and the thing with that getting in too close, it did. Well, it kind of screwed up our hunt. We didn't spook the birds. Um, but, I mean, if you're going in for a roost hunt, like, you know, okay. It's now or never. Yeah, yeah you're going to try and shoot them as soon as they hit the ground, mm-hmm. you got to do it early. And if you do it early, you're going to be fine. If you get in there an hour and a half before sunrise, when it's absolutely pitch black, no lights, don't, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely no lights. Um, turkeys, they hear shit walking on the forest floor all, all the, the time. time, whether it's a raccoon, a deer, possum, you name it. It's, yeah. it's nothing to startle them about. But if you get in there, you know, a half hour before, sunrise when it's starting to get light and they if can you can see them have a light yeah yeah if you if you can see them in a tree they can see you that's basically how i dictate if i'm in there early enough if you look up in the sky and you can see silhouette up there you know it's too late and you you're screwing up yeah so if you if you're planning okay we know where these birds are roosting we know where they're pitching down we want to <laughs> shoot them right when they fly down you got to get in there early. Bef- well, you'd before. also have to kind of play the moon and the cloud cover because if you have a perfectly clear night with a full moon, it's bright enough to see all night. Oh yeah. yeah. So if you try to get in there, it doesn't matter how early you get in, it's still bright enough to see yeah. for them anyway. You know, you'll struggle to yeah. see. But and, and some, I've noticed some... with cloud cover and rain, cold temperatures, warm temperatures, it affects the turkey gobbling a lot. Mm-hmm. My favorite time to hear birds gobble is like cool crisp clear mornings Mm -hmm. um for some reason i don't know why they don't seem to gobble as much if it's like super thick hot and muggy or if it's like overcast and raining i think but a nice like clear no wind 40 degree morning you know little frosty little Mm -hmm. crunch walking in Mm -hmm. oh get out of town the the weather is a big factor and even how you decide you're going to hunt turkeys each day Mm -hmm. um rain makes i I love turkey hunting in the rain because you know where they're going to be exactly um for whatever reason oh i know again i know the reason you keep saying that that. (laughs) i'm going to keep saying it and then tell you the reason so (laughs) it sounds cool for whatever reason and i actually have that reason uh (laughs) turkeys they go to the fields uh when it rains because they trying to like dry their feathers off essentially and uh, let me I know the reason. Tell yeah, he tell. knows the reason. For whatever <laughs> reason, Nick knows the reasons. Yeah. The other reason being um, the rain can be really loud in the woods. And turkeys only have their sight and their hearing uh, to go off of. Their noses, beaks don't 
produce much for scent. <laughs> um, so if they can't hear anything in the woods, you've taken one of their senses away. Um, so they prefer to get to a field where they can at least see as far as possible yeah um so seeing and to dry themselves off so if you get if you're hunting in the rain don't let rain deter you from turkey hunting just make sure you're sitting on a field edge Mm -hmm. yeah set up properly and don't bother calling because they don't like to talk in the rain Mm -hmm. and the rain will muffle your calls anyway it's not like it'll be overly effective they can hear just fine but still it's decoys and sit tight well i tell you what i wasn't a huge fan of decoys and i'm not going to be that guy that says oh you got to go out and get this brand but nick got uh the flock of this these decoys and i tell you what i've never been so hooked on decoys but mm. last decoys year, are a fun way to hunt oh they my are God. Just, i i was never big into it i always kept like one hen yeah in my backpack you know now we look like we're going gut our duck hunting yeah yeah like i said we're tom so, you know, we're not telling you you got to go buy ABNX. That's what we use. You know, we're mm-hmm. not sponsored. It doesn't, you're not going to help us any. Um, but ABNX makes some seriously high-quality calls. And what's that website you Camo like? Fire. Yeah. Well, um, get out of cam- town. Camo Fire is like a website where companies can, I think, can kind of like offload old stock, I think is what it is. Um, okay. So is they, it like discounted? Yeah, it's all discounted. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, we could not afford a flock of avian X decoys <laughs> at full price. No, exactly. <clears throat> like, I mean, there's deals 40, 50, 75% off on that. Like, Damn. But then what's cool about it, though, is every 24 hours it refreshes new stuff. So um, you just got to kind of watch each day mm-hmm. and check it out. Um, but, yeah, I found the one day I was on there, and they had avian X decoys. And I, I bought two or three What hens. is this website? Camo fire. Camo fire. Um, but I, I, I bought a bunch of decoys. Um, so I, I think I got six of them. You know, and I, it, you know, they're still, I mean, they're still more, expensive. Yeah, but. but I've never you, seen birds react the way they did to these, these ones. I, mean, I took a picture of them all out in a spread in my yard. It, it is insane how real, realistic these really? birds are. Um, and I went with the uh, collapsible uh, decoys. Which they're really not that close. They're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know where because they some, should change the name. Yeah, yeah, they're not collapsible. They come in bags, and each you have the bag is the size of a turkey. The size of a turkey. <laughs> so basically, to get Tom and I literally carried six turkeys. Tom and I. Oh, okay. I was the, the really good trick is get pancreatitis like two days before turkey season, <laughs> and then go with a buddy and make him carry all the. Like, oh no, I can't carry that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Doctor's orders. <laughs> I can shoot these turkey loads, but can't carry those. Yeah, I right? think you carried your shotgun. I carried my chair too. Yeah, I carried six <laughs> decoys, the blind, my chair, my shotgun. You did you a great do what job. You got to do camera setup. No, I carried my camera setup because it was in my backpack. No. Yeah. See, <laughs> you try and take all the credit. I was dying. Uh, I was dying, he says. But anyway, so I remember the the big thing that the decoys did for us there is I remember. Um, well, that was kind of like a misty. It wasn't like raining, but it was, it was like a raining. misty. It was ra- it yeah. raining, misty. Yeah. Um, Windy. You could hear the rain hitting the yeah. um, blind. But anyways, I was setting up the blind. Or, I mean, I was setting up the decoys. Tom was setting up the blind. Because the blind was a little bit more heavy lifting, pulling and stuff, and I really was supposed to be taking it easy. <laughs> so I'm setting up the decoys, but Tom couldn't figure out this. It's a behemoth of a blind. Uh, you Isn't it called com- the big boy or something? 
uh, no, big baller blinds are, or, or big go big is I call them big baller blinds. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not actually, uh, there's a reason for that. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, there, it says like inside the, um, hut, it says go big, go like balls it, deep. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but anyway, you can comfortably put three guys in there. I mean, like with like the rocker chairs so it's like a freaking cabela's tent like it's, yeah it's huge yeah huh. i was telling nick this year for opening day of gobbler we're gonna bring like a little card table i'm gonna get like a dozen <laughs> donuts bring a thermos of coffee and there's room gonna... for it oh yeah easy <laughs> bring a little single single burner stove yeah, yeah we're just gonna play cards and wait till the turkeys to come out and then we'll turn around and shoot them through the screen and good to go pick them up when so, you're done with lunch anyways so i'm setting up the decoys tom's messing with the blind he can't get it so he comes out to me and says, hey, can you set up the blind, and I'll finish these decoys. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. So he's messing with the decoys and turns around as I'm finishing up the blind, and it is this behemoth on the edge. Of, like, And we're like probably 15 yards off this, or probably 15 feet off the wood line. Mm-hmm. So it's just this massive boulder on the edge of the field. And looks Tom, like a round bale. Yeah, Tom's like, this looks ridiculous. And we put the decoys inside 20 yards. I mean, we put them right in our lap because mm-hmm. why not? Uh we were new to this style of hunting. Was, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, was, we've never hunted like that. Before. No, no. Um, so we get all set up, and you know, this is the first morning. Second morning, we didn't use the blind, um, but the first morning we're set up, and no calling on the roost. We had like two hens come in. Well, no, we're sitting in the blind, and this this is actually I I think a key part of the story. It was just as the sun's starting to come up, and like you're like, okay, we should start hearing some gobbles our gobbler strut decoy tips over and it's at like a 45 degree angle. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. And I'm like, boy, that is going to piss me right off. I, I, I can't look at that all morning. And it's one of those things where you, it's prime time where like if turkey... You can't get up and start running around. Well, you can. You it's, shouldn't. It's one of those, we had to make a very fast decision. Do we fix this now? Like we can't sit on yeah, this You for, can't talk about it for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, like do we fix this now or do we just leave it? And we opted to fix it. Yeah. So I go out there because, I mean, I, I just I couldn't look at this 45-degree angle gobbler all morning. And so I go out there, stake it in the ground a little extra further, put the gobbler back on top so it's nice and straight, get back into the blind. And the way the wind was blowing, it made the gobbler, like, rotate. Turn. Yeah, like 180 degrees back and forth. So, you know, like when you see all a gobbler doing in the strutting. field strutting and doing his strut circles, that's what this decoy was doing. Oh, like, man. Oh, yeah. So it was dirty. Turkeys are dying today. Yeah, so we didn't hear any goblin. We had two hens come through, obviously let those walk. And then we Got had, some good footage of them, though. Yeah, and then we had two jakes come through, and man, did I want to shoot them. Uh, <laughs> but we had more birds goblin back in the woods. Couldn't see them. Tom talked me out of it. I was pretty pissed. Um, Thought he was a real idiot yeah. at the time. And what's crazy about this blind, um, we have a screen up in front that you just shoot right through. And Tom and I were talking – slightly above a whisper like almost normal conversation audible. yeah very audible and we're moving like i mean not wearing like we I were had pretending a black... like the turkeys were on a tv because <laughs> like we were not paying like we were not being mindful whatsoever mm-hmm. didn't make a difference because like we're literally like arguing back i'm like tom come on can we just shoot these turkeys shoot there's, the there's thing. two turkeys right let's we'll just shoot them and they had no idea but finally they get out of range and I'm like still trying to convince Tom because they're like they're almost to a point where like Tom if we don't do it now it's we, we can't it's over and like <laughs> just about that time all of a sudden we heard like a shit ton of gobbles all at once 
And we look over, and it's just like velociraptors just sprinting across the field at our decoys. I mean, just like run, like had took total all of their attention is off the massive boulder right behind them. <laughs> they just see this oscillating gobbler back and forth. Bunch is of the hands. decoy designed to do that, or did it just so, so happen to oh, do well, it? it? I don't it's, think it's designed to do that, but it has the capability to do it because basically it's the gobbler, and then there's a big hole that goes up like through the stomach. It's just like just, a point. That, yeah, and okay. you just set it on a stake. So it. Yeah. So it, I mean, it can rotate, but it. It's yeah. I don't know. But you would need wind, wind to push yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, our buddy Scott Thompson, he was telling us he takes like a, what are those? Yard shepherd's hook. Shepherd's hook. Yeah, yeah. And just ties puts a his string on it. Yeah. To that. And it works really yeah, well. Yeah, that way you don't really even need any wind and it'll spin. Yeah. I forgot he said that. Yeah. So uh, that's something that's, to try. We're probably going to do that this year. Yeah. Shepherd's hook. Um, but anyway, yeah, they come running down. And now that we have seen the other birds that were gobbling, there were still actually two, or at least two, down in the woods, which we shot later. Uh, but at the time, there was enough gobblers running across the field that Tom and I decided it's happening. It just, it, it, I don't know. I think whether they're Jake's or not, well, Tom said right on right in the video, they're all Jake's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can hear him too. He says they're all oh, fuck. They're all Jake's. Jake's. Uh, so, but I think the excitement of like them all gobbling at once running across the field, I think just amped us both up. Yeah. Cause there, you there were was, already, you well, wanted, to shoot, I, I wanted to shoot two the first two Jake's, one, but there wasn't even conversation about, like, whether are, or not are we going to do this or not it was just okay on three kind of like it was yeah. like we just both knew it was this, happening this is gonna we're gonna shoot something right now so long story short short story long, i was gonna say I, that was a pretty long story uh, to be pretty short yeah that was I mean, that was a rainy day gobbler that you know we didn't do any calling and because of no you know this all circles back we knew where the birds would likely come out mm-hmm. and it just worked perfectly yeah um, so preparation early in the year or early, like before the season is what killed those birds. Yeah. Um, and I would say probably 90% of the turkeys I've killed was based on preparation before the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I have most of my luck within the first week of the season because they're not nearly Still as educated. Still on a normal pattern. Yep. People haven't hunted them like crazy yeah. yet. You start educating birds and they change up real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I say 90%. Yeah, they do adapt. They're dumb, but they do adapt quickly. Yeah. But, that yeah, that's the big thing for me with turkeys is preparing ahead of time. Um, there's nothing like heading into a new piece, but preparing may- – if you are if you really want to kill a bird, spend a morning before season to go out there and just try and find them first because mm-hmm. you save a ton of time. Because I, I personally think every day into the season it gets a little bit harder – to mm-hmm. get it done because yeah, especially around here because like such high pressure yeah. yeah like out west there's not near as much turkey pressure as there is here but yeah. like you said every day you get into the season those birds get harder and harder and harder to call so yeah you just got to get on them and don't be the one to educate them don't do mm-hmm. too much calling um you don't have to be a great caller because all turkeys sound different some mm-hmm. of them you would they swear say it's more your cadence, cadence yeah. rather yeah. than the actual sound yeah mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I've heard turkeys, like a hen, that sounds exactly like a box call. Like, and then other turkeys don't sound like, like every turkey or hen sounds a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's been out west where he swore some idiot was on a box call, had no idea what he was doing. Just Squawking sounded, away. Yeah, just sounded <laughs> awful. 
And here come a turkey. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, not even 10 minutes later, this old hen comes out of the bottom of this, like, gully and making that noise. And he was like, okay, apparently you don't have to be that great of a caller because some turkeys, turkeys. actually sound like that. <laughs> so, like Tom said, it's more Well, caves. it's like people, you know, every person has a different voice. Every yeah. turkey will sound a little bit different. Yep. So. so, I mean, that's all I really got. I mean, I can boil yeah. it right down to preparing before the season and yeah. don't don't call too much. Yeah. Top five takeaways, prepare before the season, don't call too much. What are the other? Look things? out the window when you're pissing. For <laughs> yes, sheds. Yeah. look for the sh- the piss sheds. <laughs> um, decoys can really help. Field edge in the rain. Field edge yeah, in the rain. That's, that's five. five right there. Nailed we could go on. There could field be edges are just generally a great spot to turkey hunt because if you have a property with turkeys in a field, they're going to end up there at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every day, at some point, they're going to. You just got to find out what time. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily for us, they roost right off the edge of the field mm-hmm. and usually by eight o'clock they're up there but there's been sometimes at grandpa's where they roost farther back in the woods where you kill them at 10 o'clock I've... yeah they don't come out to the field at 10 o'clock and then you got to ask yourself well do i want to get into this field edge at first light and sit here for four hours mm-hmm. or do i want to set up back in the woods off the roost and try and make something happen early yeah. which actually... is <laughs> which is another really fun way to hunt that's how we did it the following day. Yeah. I Well, one day I was up with Grandpa, and we opted to try and make something happen. Jump in the woods. And this was back when I was still wrestling with my inner self on do I discriminate against Jake's or not. <laughs> um, this was, you know, close to the turning point of when I decided I don't so care. So we see which demon has won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is. He was uh, arguing with the shoulder <laughs> angel and the demon. <laughs> yeah, this is my, or what do they call that? Your villain arc or whatever starts. I don't know. I don't it's know like what Batman. that is. <laughs> I don't watch Batman. <laughs> Anyways, so we... Heard the new one's pretty good. Yeah? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, let me but... tell my turkey story. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we, we go into the woods and try to make something happen. Call a Jake in, and I have him right in my lap. And I had my grandpa in my ear, and that, that was my biggest um, struggle. Was my grandpa always, you know, he's... Wants, Big long beard yeah, guy. He, he's always shot long beards, wants me to shoot long beards. So... I got him. I got finger on the trigger, safety off. I got him in my ear saying, you know, hey, you know, it's just a Jake. You know, it's early. You know, I think, you know, we've got a chance of, you know, going somewhere else or whatever. And I was like, fine. So um, we sit through this and I let him go and I'm all irritated, but whatever. Um, about right after he gets out of sight, uh, Grandpa's like, all right, well, we, if, you know, this didn't work out, we got to get to the field. You know, we're going to circle back around. There was more gobblers in that group. Um, that didn't come into range. He's like, mm-hmm. we got to get to a, we got to get to the field before those birds do, so we can set up on them. So we go to the field, and doesn't that Jake give me another opportunity? And I told Grandpa, I said, I let him walk once. Ain't I, happened it ain't twice. Happened again. Boom, smoked him. And this was also back when I was, you know, if it's moving, I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. And I two turkeys in a row. I saw shot a second time while it was flopping in front of me. Um, <laughs> And I actually, the one time with my dad, I tried to go for a third, and he was like, oh, he's dead, he's I, dead. He's dead. done, <laughs> he's done. <laughs> but I was just afraid, because I think what happened was, and you guys both remember, our cousin Corey, who's also a really good turkey hunter. Yeah, he's when very he good. When he first started, he had the worst luck with rolling birds. Mm-hmm. He'd shoot them, they'd drop, he'd go to walk up to them, they'd fly off and be gone forever. So I was like... Not letting that yeah, shit happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen. happen. 
I would I'd fill the breasts with with lead every time. I I was not letting them get away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember talking to my grandma. I'm like grandpa, I already wa- watched this turkey walk away once. It's yeah. his fault. He came back. So smoke. <laughs> Should have learned his lesson the first time. I tell you time. what, I was sure excited. Probably might even want a turkey pull on that one. I don't know. Uh, our turkey best. pulls used to just be opening morning. That's how I guess to give you an idea of how we hunt and know that it gets harder throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Our turkey pull runs literally opening day. That's yeah. it. Um, and there's always a pile of birds mm-hmm. at the pool. Um, that was a youth turkey. That's why I won. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know where I was going with that story, but. It was a good story no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> Jeez. I guess Frank's ready to go. Yeah, just smacking the mic around. Get out of my face. Yeah. Um, done with this shit so all right i guess we'll leave it there um you know i hope you guys are ready for turkey season if you've never turkey hunted i hope this is the first year that you get into it uh, and i hope everyone kills whatever kind of gobbler gets you excited because if it's a jake that comes in front of me first it's unless tom's sitting next to me it's getting shot yeah never um, feel bad about shooting a jake because nick's right there with you yeah i actually have um uh a, a bumper sticker about I can't remember what it's called or what it says. Something about like Jake breaks, but it's with turkeys and I don't break for Jake's or something like that. I'll have to. That's funny. It's sitting on my dresser. I haven't thrown it on the truck yet because uh, it's not turkey season. But anyways, uh, make sure you guys are going out there doing your pre-scouting, which means you'd have to get outside. 